and gentlemen it's that time again for another episode of the three in one podcast joining us from cleveland ohio give it up for mr pivot international ian lamont morgan peace blessing namaste all of that and in the wonderful city of Columbus, Ohio, by way of Cincinnati, still rooting for the home team. Give it up for Keith Turner Jr. We have a win. We're in the W column. Let's go. What up, y'all? And here in the capital city, by way of several other places, it's your boy, Malcolm Morgan. Gentlemen, how are we doing today? Well, you know, uh, life is crazy, but you know, the Bengals got to win. Everything is better when my Bengals get a win. You know, Joe Burrow gets a taste of victory. <sighs> you know, things are okay. Things are okay. Ian, you guys, you guys had a, you guys had a, uh, a solid win, so I'm sure you're happy too. You are in the zen place of life. Congratulations to the Cincinnati Bengals. I appreciate it. And yes, that. sir. Speaking of being on the three and one podcast, I'm I'm feeling three and one in my bones as oh, wow. the Brownies are three and one. Good pivot. Here we are. <laughs> oh. Here we are in a, uh, in a wonderful space. Winners like we seemingly have never been before. It's both depressing and exhilarating. <laughs> <laughs> and that was that was a wonderful pivot. I don't just it's just so good at it. How do you follow that? He's just so good at it. Um I was impressed by the Browns this weekend, I'll be honest. That offense looked pretty great. Um we're gonna talk about the low point for the Browns here in a little bit. But there's so many more important things to talk about, like the NBA. The NBA finals, you guys. We almost didn't get here. We almost didn't get a chance to talk about these games. Before the series was over, uh, I don't think we thought you it was. It too. I did. I said, "Y'all, there's a small chance we might not get to talk about this again." <laughs> but we do get at least one time to talk about the NBA Finals. Three one right now. Lakers on the precipice of history. Mm, 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 mm. The precipice of history. Um, so let's talk about how this series has gone so far. What are you guys seeing as kind of the keys um, and, and kind of the big the big moments so far in this series? Well, I hate to steal from uh, someone else in the media, but it's the others. It's the <laughs> others. Um, it's what we're seeing, uh, the guys around LeBron and AD, as they've been doing what they do. Um, LeBron averaging around the triple-double. Um, AD has been, I want to say dominant. Um, he's definitely been producing on the point side. A little shabby on the board, but uh, that's all right. Um, but the guys around them, uh, playoff Rondo, is one name I just want to make sure I put uh, into mention here, but um, uh, Mr. Mr. Morris, uh, Marquise Morris, excuse me, um, the way he's been playing has been solid, and uh, even if not on the point side, because um, they're not having amazing scoring nights every night, uh, but the production has been solid enough. Uh, these guys are active. They are a defensive swarm unit, and so they're making it really tough. Duncan Robinson looks like he is 
just just firing away everything. Every time he can get the ball, uh, they're doing a really good job of, of closing in space, not so much in the last game, but uh, they're making these guys work. And I think that's, that's it's, it's been what we've expected. I don't think any of us are really too shocked to see, given the elements involved, how well the Lakers are dominating. And uh, I expect that Friday night we'll be seeing LeBron, third ring, third, uh, well, fourth ring. Come on, third man. Franchise. Come on. Put some respect on his name. I'm sorry. Four, four, four for three will be LeBron. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I mean, you you hit it on the, you know hit the nail on the head in, in the sense of the the role players. I mean, I was just looking at Danny Green's numbers, and my goodness, like if he just puts up like ten points, we'll pretty much win uh, that one game. Game three, I think he had yeah, two yeah. points. He was zero for eight uh, from the field. I think his only points came from the free throw line. Uh, that's embarrassing, Danny Green. Like we paid you a decent amount of money to come here and hit some shots and play some good perimeter defense, and you're not out there in these you know big moments when I would like to see you out there. But instead, we see guys like KCP and even Alex Caruso late in games, and I'm like, man, if only Danny Green would knock down a few shots, that really stretches the full the floor. And uh, you know, yeah. So, uh, but overall, I've been you know pretty happy uh, with what I've seen. Uh, I think uh, we came through. We just had way too many turnovers, and Anthony Davis just was not. He was not there. He didn't show up. He forgot to show up for the finals game three. But uh, game one was solid. He had it for thirty points. Game two was solid, and uh, game four was solid. So I'm completely expecting uh, to wrap this up Friday night. My boy LeBron will have his fourth ring, and uh, yeah. Um, but you know, I also think. Duncan Robinson is a liability on defense. Uh, KCP literally made one move and got to the rim with ease. I fully hope and expect um, that we will attack him. Whoever is, whoever he's guarding on offense, the like they've got the green light. Mm -hmm. I mean, Alex Caruso. We'll see. But regardless, if it's KCP, I don't care who it is. Whoever he's guarding, green lights. Take well, him to the cup all game long. Three of the big buckets from, from yes from the last game from game four came against Duncan Robinson. Yes. LeBron splits that double team with yep. he. I think it was either Bam or Jimmy. I can't remember um, because Duncan came up for to help on the on the um, on the pick on I the think. pick. Yep. Yeah, and I, I I can't remember, but I think that last the only bucket Rondo had might have been. On, either on a switch with Duncan Robinson or on Duncan Robinson. So they've done a really good job of attacking him defensively, and they've been in his jersey all series long. If he hits a shot, it's not because somebody isn't in his face. Right. Um, I mean, it really comes down to this. I mean, we we talk about how talented LeBron and AD are offensively, but defensively this team has just been at another level all year long. I was looking at the stats today. They, They were top five, top three even during the regular season, and then once again top five, top three, in the postseason as well. Um, and in that second half, particularly in game four, they really shut them down. And I think the the switch to put Anthony Davis on Jimmy Butler was huge because he kind of took that aggression, that aggressiveness away from him. Um, Jimmy didn't really want to go at Anthony Davis like that. that. So um, I was really impressed with that adjustment. And overall, the defense was just really – they've been doing really well with containing Hero and Duncan. Those guys, if they hit shots, it's because they hit shots. It's not because they're getting wide-open looks. Um, even Duncan Robinson, who had a couple threes, they were kind of fluke. One of them was a banker from, you know, 35 feet. Um, and another one, KCP was right on top of them. So, um, you know, 
you you use that term in the others you don't get to this level of the playoffs this level of the finals without your other guys showing up even the Shaq and Kobe years Robert Ory had games Derek Fisher had games Mar Odom had games um so these this is what you need at this level and yeah that Miami Heat haven't had it and when the Lakers have been successful they've been able to get that in this series and it's amazing how I mean, the Lakers are out-rebounding them, I think, every game in the series uh, they have. But when you look at the bigs um, and the, the switch to bring in Dwight Howard into the starting lineup mm-hmm. was, you know, it was it was news for a moment. But, um, again, <laughs> these guys, are, they're, they're providing solid rim protection. Um, and so, you know, to in a lot of degrees, unless Jimmy Butler is in the post, which, my goodness gracious, mm-hmm. he was just eating down there the other night. Um but you know you're 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 making them a jump shooting team. Jay Crowder is not going to force the issue. He's going to stay on the outside if he has even the sliver of a look. <laughs> Clearly, Duncan Robinson the same. Tyler Hero's only got us going to get it to the cup. Uh, he and Kendrick Nunn now. Nunn is supposed to provide some of that oh, production God. off of the bench, but like we said, uh, that has not been happening. Yeah. And so, who if you would have told me, I'm looking uh, uh, Dwight. Um, particularly your starting center is is averaging he had like eight boards in game one mm-hmm. and since then it's been two and three and three and four and so if you would have told me that they would have got that little of production because it's not like he's being a monster with the blocks and everything either but that they still would have been three and one uh, um, I, I would I would have been surprised but I mean I think just the the sheer fact that they have size and Miami does not goes a long way well yeah and on top of that i was looking at some of the team stats like the game that miami won they had 52 points in the paint versus our like 30 something every other game it they were in the 30s for paint scoring Mm -hmm. and i think we corrected that by making sure jimmy couldn't easily get to Mm -hmm. the bucket putting anthony davis on him so you protect the paint you know again as you were just mentioning Ian, force them to take jump shots and and contest the jump shots at that and it will it may not even be pretty it may be an ugly ugly win um so i I agree with malcolm i i really do like the defense when lebron is locked in defensively it is great to watch and i think yeah you know we're kind of a for LeBron, the expectations are so high. Um, you know, we we ex- we almost expect him to do thirty and ten and, and fifteen every game. Um, but he's been just as good in this finals as he's been in any other one. It just doesn't look the same as we're used to. Um, I mean, yeah. I mean, he had twenty eight points last night, and it didn't. It I don't know if it it didn't feel like a dominant twenty eight points, but they were big points. That big three. Um, from 30 feet out, I think really stopped some Miami momentum. Um, some of yep. those drives to the basket, particularly uh, when he got the and one um, on Jay Crowder mm-hmm. and then got to the line again yep. um, a couple possessions later, those are huge momentum pieces that could stop momentum. Um, and that's something that they kind of got out of going to the free throw line. I think that's one thing that really gets AD going a lot of the time are those free throws. And so I'll be looking in game um, five uh, to really see – and be intentional about attacking, getting to the free throw line, kind of stopping some momentum and allowing them to get into some more set defenses because um, my, and, and give credit to Miami, their defense has been on another level as well. It's, it's been hard for um, LA to get what they want to get every game And the fronting they did on the post on Anthony Davis made the entry passes a lot harder. 
Now, in the first in the first quarter, some of those passes were just absolutely terrible. Um, yeah. I, yeah. I I remember watching one possession. I think it was um, it was it was either Kuzma or KCP trying to get the ball to Anthony Davis, and I think it was Jay Crowder having pushed out above the elbow. And I'm watching like, don't throw the pass, don't throw the pass, and threw it out of bounds. And I'm just like, you can you can see some of these things where they're trying to force the ball to AD, so they've got to tighten that up, but. Um, they did a lot better with the turnovers in the second half of this of game four. Um, it fixed some of the turnover things that they had in game three. And to be honest, this this series could have been over um, after game four because game three they got they got seventeen points from Kyle Kuzma. They got a big game from Markeith Morris. Yep. Jimmy Butler went off, but it took all of that for them to beat the Lakers. All of it. They yep. still yeah. they still almost stole it with Anthony Davis doing ab- almost nothing <laughs> in that game. Um, so. Man, it's. Do you guys think Miami gets another one, or is this it? Uh, no, they don't get another one. LeBron's. I think he's like, all right, y'all, let's let's lock in. You know, uh, we were just talking about them about you know they get an extra day rest, um, which on one end you think, okay, Miami, you know, Bam gets to get healthy, but I they needed Goran Dragic to even make this a you know closer series, and I thought that they would get two with with everyone healthy. Mm-hmm. So without Goran again, um, and with us making the adjustments we made with AD on Jimmy, I think we lock it up. Uh, LeBron is going to be the MVP, and my boy will have oh. four rings. You don't think that there's a uh, little bit of a contest between LeBron and AD? I'm not saying it's a contest, but his piss poor game three yeah, takes him out of contention yeah. for me. That's going to be tough. I agree. Him. I just wanted somebody else to say. <laughs> yeah. Um, but, uh, yeah, no, I, I think I had Lakers in six. I can't recall. Yep. It may be, yeah. Uh, but, nah, five is going to be enough. We'll be uh, – everybody will be headed home. We could call it a wrap, but – um. Yeah, I, I you said something, Malcolm, and I, I just got to say the fact that, like you said, LeBron's expectations, our expectations for him have, are always enormous. Mm-hmm. Um, and we are spoiled by the fact that he always delivers. Always. Yep. So here he is. Um, and differences between the championship, particularly with the Cavs and those final series against Golden State, mm-hmm. is that he does not have to do the astronomical. Yes. Um, and he gets to sit back and do less, but even doing less, you're still getting a triple double machine. Triple dub, <laughs> not not that bad triple double, but I I have mastery over the game, mm-hmm. and these are the numbers that result from the triple double. Not, not the so, Westbrook um, triple double. Not the West. Not everybody clear out and let me grab this board. Triple double. <laughs> not but, the not the old Rondo triple doubles. <laughs> oh wait. Wait a minute. No, you remember those Rondo years when he was out there giving up wide open layups so he can get them extra assists? He was kicking off for a better shot, in my opinion. We got a fast break. Rondo breaks away from the layup and he kicks it out to Isaiah Thomas. (laughs) To our listeners, we, uh, I am an avid supporter of Rajon Rondo. 
I think that Malcolm just likes to have fun with that. I do. I absolutely. Look, he's been he. This, these playoffs have have re have restored my faith in playoff Rondo. Oh, thank God! Hey, thank hey, heavens! He's, 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 he's the sixth man of the series. It's hard to call somebody oh. playoff Rondo when he doesn't get to the playoffs for like four years. Like, right? <laughs> but uh, but yes, he's the game five is uh LeBron. He's been averaging eight point, uh, almost nine free throws per game. You said it earlier. If he's still attacking, forcing the issue, getting to the line, um, slowing down Miami, um, he's methodical about it. That's why you see him complaining on every call. Uh, <laughs> but, yeah, I, I think that is very, very, very key to them uh, going ahead and wrapping this up. Let's wrap it up. Can I, I want to make a request to Frank Global. Can we activate Dion Waiters? I want to see Dion Waiters. I want to see Waiters Please. Island activated for this game so he can enjoy Indeed. this. But it's never going to happen. And if he plays, it will be god awful, terrible. Um, so let's a conversation we haven't had, and I'm interested to see you guys' thoughts on this. Is there asterisk on this season? No, I mean, here's the funny thing, guys. Like, did we really think? Any other team with Kobe Bryant passing away was about to win this championship this year. Like, let's be real, number one. And two, for me, there's not an asterisk. Now, there was an asterisk when Kevin Durant and them Golden State Warriors won a couple of years. Um, yeah, but is there an asterisk? No, I think you you talk about guys who've had to rest. Um, some guys didn't play. Like, the Lakers didn't have Avery Bradley, who could have been huge yeah. um, in these yeah, playoffs yeah. and in the series. Um, and you talk about adversity. I mean, this is a team. I mean, well, everyone at least that played had to, you know, endure a lot and make tough decisions, tough sacrifices, um, and and still play ball in front of zero fans. Um, so, or at least a few now that you know a few family members are there. So, there's no asterisk to me. There is adversity on this end. And if you know you're talking about a regular, you know, playoffs, you're talking about traveling all those type of things. Yeah, there's adversity with with those but no asterisk for me at least yeah i agree i think um the thing i look for is, is the playing field level mm. and i think i have to say yes in this case uh even furthermore uh, lakers are i saw some stat about uh them being a championship team with guys that are 35 and over mm. i think there's maybe four or five of them so you gotta think these guys have families these guys have children they yeah. have established lives outside of the bubble uh they are missing out on things well Bronny's birthday was what yesterday and so um, there are things that are happening that could affect them adversely so uh if anything i'm not going to say they, they were underdogs but uh the challenges they have uh, and the dynamics it does add to how impressive it is that they are focused enough to get the task done so no asterisk whatsoever for me. Well, I mean, and they were they were definitely underdogs because everyone in there, like every reporter for the most part, and they even showed clips of this, like when the Nuggets beat the Clippers, like everyone chose the Clippers. And I mean, you know, rightfully Wait, so in this. The, everybody chose, oh, after the, after the Clippers got eliminated. You're you saying mean? they showed the takes from earlier? Yeah, the they showed. The, yeah, the takes from everyone. I mean, every re- main reporter analyst was like, "Yep, Clippers, Clippers, Clippers. They're too deep. Clippers, Kawhi, Clippers. This." Um, and I honestly was concerned about you know a, a series with the Clippers as well. But um, the fact that you know we overcame all of that, and uh, you know, no Avery Bradley, um, it's just it's just a great great story. Uh, and of course, to be able to say you did it for Kobe. Uh, it's just the cherry on top. So, 
Let's get it done. Let's make sure there's no, you know, lapses, no issues, like no injuries. Let's, Mm -hmm. you know, just get this job done and bring home the championship. Yeah, I think the – I agree there's no asterisk. I mean, you look back at the strike shortened season with the – I think the Spurs one. Nobody goes, oh, well, the Spurs have X amount and a half championships. No, they have – you have all of those championships. They all count the same. Yep. And this is a unique – it's a unique situation for everybody. It's not like – um, any one team had an advantage. Now, the interesting dynamic is that there's no home court. Correct. There's home court means nothing in this. Yep. So you've really got to be locked in and focused. Yep. And I think yep. maybe a team like Milwaukee, it may have affected a little bit more because Giannis gets to dunk in and the crowd gets going. Like yep. that's a whole nother, yep. that's a whole nother thing. Um, teams like Utah, even where they have, you know, crazy home fans, um, things like that. And then, you know, I think Oklahoma the, City. Yeah, Oklahoma City. I mean, and one of the unintended consequences is what is the advantage for being the top ranked team in each conference? There, there really isn't one. You don't get extra home game. Nope. Um, I wish they had done something maybe where the top team gets to pick who they play. Um, but um, yeah, there's no asterisk. But I think one of the things that that constantly got go- overlooked in this is everybody wanted to downplay the Lakers role players. Everyone was just like this. This group just isn't, and I think that was from the beginning of the season why people had those takes. It's like they don't believe in KCP, they don't believe in Rondo, they don't believe in Caruso, any of these guys. Yeah. Um, and then I was honestly, I was concerned losing Avery Bradley. I thought yeah. that we could maybe cobble together some things, but Alex Caruso has been great. Rondo's been better than I expected he would be. Um, and then KCP just he just does stuff. He's not a flashy guy. He's nope. not. He's not great at anything. He's, but he's just again. decent. He's, he just again. he just does stuff like yeah. it's not a I can't I can't put my finger on it it's and it's not all stats yeah. he just does stuff and you just like he helps you um, yeah. and then <laughs> like he, first of all he is terrible in interviews I hate hearing him have y'all have y'all really and they listened keep to him? on interviewing him it is so bad it is so bad like he, they asked him three different questions and all of them he answered the same way. They're like, so KCP, what was the key to you getting hot start? Being aggressive, being aggressive. Okay, so when LeBron and AD are out there, what are you guys looking for? Just being aggressive, just being aggressive. So what adjustments are you going to look at the second half? Stay aggressive. Oh, so he's Marshawn Lynch. <laughs> right. and, and then we're going to try to be more aggressive. Be more aggressive. Oh, like, y'all going to start punching people? Is that what we're doing? We just, no, I literally, I, he had a breakout game, and I still couldn't, I couldn't manage to, I don't know if it was breakout. But he had a really solid contribution. Yeah, and even in, a couple minutes ago, I couldn't even mention his name because he's just there. He's just, he's but, just does it all. But he's doing the job. He don't need to be no starter going forward. You know, he's a good role player. You know, I'm I, not even I, mad at him being a starter, but yeah. he just does. St- he's shooting 38 percent from three for the year. Like, I mean, he's no scrub. No, I'm not he's saying no he's scrub. a scrub. You know, um, and you got to have that. So and then, you know, here's a question for you guys: Alex Caruso, is he the new Delhi? Um. Ooh. No, I think Delhi. I think Delhi's better. He was better defensively. Um. I think that was. I, I honestly think that was aberration because it was just that one series, and he's never been the same after <laughs> he's that. He's never been that solid. He's never been. The, no. You're right. I think, You're I right. Think Even, just, I think he just got on Curry's nerves because he's never been that good again. Yeah. Ever. Even the next year when we won it, it was like ah, <laughs> Delhi's here. No, I definitely think that Alex Caruso is. He is Norris Cole slash Delhi Plus. Oh wow, wow! Yeah, he, he. I think he's he's a step up. 
Um, he's a step up from Norris Cole. Yeah, Norris Cole was. Okay, well, yeah, step up from Norris Cole, two steps up from Delhi. That's my yeah. that's my thing. Norris Cole was an experience because you'd get games where they didn't even play him, and then he'd just get in and then be like, he has 15 points, and how did that happen? Yeah, I mean, he could shoot the ball, though. Just, Norris Cole But randomly, shoot. like, yeah. he'd be shooting like 19% from three, and then he'd have a game right. where he hits four, and you're like, what the heck just happened? Oh, Norris Cole. Uh, all right, so... I want to talk more about the Lakers, but but more future focus, so we can wait till after this series is over. But for Miami, what have you guys? We talked a lot about the Lakers and not a lot about Miami. What have you guys seen from them in this series that you think positions them well for the future? Um, with this team, they they do have some cap flexibility going forward. Jimmy Butler obviously signed long term. Um, what are you guys seeing from this team that you think bodes well for how they? look in the future i really like tyler hero um he's playing a lot better than i thought and i Mm -hmm. said that last week um i think he's gonna be solid for them for a long time um jimmy butler is just a great piece for this team bam out of bio like i mean people were dogging him earlier in the season like oh yeah we gonna abuse him and he has really stepped up when he got to the bubble like he turned it on and it was it was great to watch um, if, if they have a healthy Goran, you know, he's really solid. So, I mean, honestly, like they, they I'm trying to think of a player mm-hmm. or two that they could potentially add to just take them over the hump, mm-hmm. but they have a well, you know, built team, you know, I don't know, maybe, you know, a, a solid three, um, like to where Jimmy could play the two, mm-hmm. um, could be pretty solid, but they they are they're well built honestly and then they you know they can get rid of you know Udonis can just retire you know and he's a, he's, he's he's another coach he's a leader he's a yeah, culture guy I mean but he's taking up you know some money <laughs> that they don't need to be giving well, him I, I don't think Udonis has was making hardly anything yeah uh, I mean he's it's still minimum. something right um so you know yeah they I like none too so I they have they have pieces I think maybe a solid three would be you know really really good for them um. I'm just trying to think of a name. Honestly, mm. can't think of one right now. Honestly, Spolstra, you know, shout outs to you. You're you're doing well with you know what you've been given, and no one thought Miami would be in the finals uh, when this year started. And think about how rare it is to have a team that's built this way. They they have the young guys that we spend a lot of time talking about: Bam, Duncan Robinson, Tyler Hero, yep. Kendrick Nunn. But they've also got this weird mix of veterans with Kelly Olynyk, Andre Iguodala, yeah. Jay Crowder, Jimmy Butler, like. They have this weird group where you have these guys that are these grizzled veterans, but then you have these young guys that have no idea. They've never been in this situation before. Yeah. Um, And so I think going into next year, you look at what kind of piece they need. I'd love to see them get another big that can kind of shoot and spread the floor a little bit more. Yeah. Um, And I would really like to see Tyler, Tyler Hero work on his point guard skill so they could play him at the one. Um, Mm. And not start going. Well, Goran is 35 and a free agent this summer. Uh, I don't point. know if he's coming back. Um, I have a suspicion about that, but I'll wait till I'll give my hot take when we talk about offseason. But um, I think t- if Tyler can work on his point guard skills um, and learn how to run the offense, that would be a really good position for him to be in as a shooter in that guard position. They can kind of interchange and use different ball handlers. Bam can do some playmaking. Jimmy can do playmaking. Um, I've been... I was laughing because I I said I think the Memphis Grizzlies might have did the Lakers a favor because Andre Iguodala just he looks a hundred years old right now. 
Like he like even early in the bubble, I was like, oh man, I wish we could have had him. Now I'm like, oh, he's close to being done. <laughs> like <laughs> I don't know how much he has left. Um, but yeah, if they could, if they could, if they could somehow turn a deal to get, I don't know, a Bradley Beal. They need another. They need another offensive weapon. Yeah. That's I really what I was think thinking a three would be solid for um, them, you know. But if you put Bradley Bill there and I guess stretch Jimmy to the three, mm-hmm. you know, that's not, you know, he's a little undersized, but you know, he, he, he plays the three now. Yeah. He plays the three now. I mean, uh, I think that could be another well, or, or a big that can that can do a little bit of floor spacing for them, but also be able to defend. And that's once again one of the yeah. hardest things in the world to find. Um, you know, there's there's whispers out there. Giannis in Miami, maybe. That would be Interesting. That would be deadly. Only, Interesting. Only if they can't, if they have to give up Bam to do it, I'm not for it. No. Uh, but if you can add Jim, or Jimmy Bam and Giannis, Tyler Hero shooting with Duncan Robinson, yeah. um, man, all scary. on rookie yeah. contracts. All those guys are on rookie <laughs> contracts. Well, they would have to sign Giannis, you know. Yeah, but they have they'll have the cap space. Yeah. I um I mean and that was that was my thought too. Just that they need to uh shore up the front line. Mm-hmm. Uh BBH is your core. Bam, Butler, Hero. Uh not to me, anybody else on the squad is expendable. Mm. Um and so You don't like the Kendrick Nunn experience experience? I'm I'm I like him. I do believe that with more time he'll develop mm-hmm. and hopefully, you know, build off of the momentum that he had a little earlier in the season. Um but I do think uh, if you're Miami, you're looking not so much at Giannis because I think he disrupts the flow of what it is that they have there. Mm. Um, now, of course, that sounds crazy. Of course, you it always have talent, yes. and, and you, you find a way mm-hmm. to make things work with Giannis. But when I think about guys that they could bring in that could continue the momentum of this scrappy, uh, dogged team <laughs> – uh, one that strikes me because uh, I do think they need to upgrade at the point. Fred Van Vliet, mm. free agent this summer. Mm. Um, another Mac thing, Pitch. again, I said sure, mm. sure up the front line. I really think that uh, looking at Montrez Harrell to accompany Bam up front would be. Uh, they do need size. No, Trez is not a seven footer, but he's, we know he I plays. Think he's it. six five. I don't even think he's. Like... <laughs> But he plays big. He does. He brings big energy, and he can guard big. Um, so, yeah, it may not be, you know, but I, I, you got to do better than Myers Leonard. I think Anthony Davis uh, would be a great uh, pickup for this team. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but my last one is Brandon Ingram. While he's oh. not a dogged, hard-nosed player whatsoever, if you're talking about uh, moving Jimmy to the two or even the point, as mm. we've seen Jimmy is pretty much averaging mm. the triple-double in the finals. I know. But he, I think he could if you surround him with enough shooters, um, and you move Bi maybe to the three, or even if Jimmy stays at the two and you upgrade that point, you're looking at some momentum uh, that they can build on. I just want to say if they were able to put Giannis with this team, that defense would be—I don't want to say impenetrable—but you got two of the longest arms in the NFL. I mean, NFL in the NBA with those with Bam and, and Giannis, that'd be a problem. Offensively, they'd have to figure some stuff out, but. But we still True. Lakers are still one win away from getting Alex Caruso his ring. Um and we will see how that ends. Real quick, guys, Doc Rivers going to Philly. This happened after our last podcast, after Ian gave his grand prediction or hope, whatever it was. Um <laughs> real quick, 
Good move, bad move. Do you think this makes Philly better? Solid move. Young guys, boxing enough to at least know what works. I, I picked them to be a, a final or a contender next year. Oh, I was like, whoa. You picking them to go to the <laughs> East will be tough next year. Uh, the Nets are going to be for real as long as they can stay healthy. I mean, we know Kyrie's going to get hurt. It's just when and how long. Um, but the Nets are going to be solid. Uh, Miami is going to be solid. Milwaukee is going to be solid. Uh, it's going to be tough. Uh, Boston, they're definitely going to come back, you know, with some with some revenge on their minds. Uh, so it's going to be tough. But I think Doc will be able to. I think I think it's going to be really good for Ben Simmons, um, especially if he can get a decent coaching staff around him uh, because they Ben Simmons, if he can just lock in, he's oh gosh, he would be so good. Um, and uh, they, they still need a player, though. They need one more player, so we'll see who Doc is going to be able to recruit, you know, maybe a Bradley Bill or someone like that to come in could be interesting. Uh, but, yeah, I don't know. The jury's still out for me. I think it's a, I mean, it's a safe move for Philly to get an experienced coach. I would have liked to see them go younger um, just to see what would happen, but we'll see. Yeah. I, Can uh, Philly get anybody? It'd have to be in a trade. I don't think they have any money. Mm. I didn't know that. I mean, not for not. I mean, obviously, not anything above like the minimum or mid level. It's not going to be anything. They so it's not going to be Bradley Bill. Okay, yeah. they've given all that money, unfortunately, to Tobias Harris and the corpse of Al Horford. So um, I don't know. <laughs> he was just so good with Boston. He it's was, and he was okay for them this year. But in the playoffs, he was almost borderline unplayable. <laughs> um, I, I just have concerns. What is Doc going to do offensively with this team? Yeah. I just don't know. I. I He's got he's to really work out that spacing. I kind of like the idea of not playing uh, Ben Simmons at the one anymore, playing him at the four. Um, allows you to get another playmaker on the floor. Um, I think they should be looking in the trade market to get a point guard for that team. Um, defensively, I think, I mean, Ben Simmons is, is already an elite defensive player. Uh, but offensively, he's got he's to gotta at least act like he wants to shoot every once in a while. Um, no, I don't know. Doc has experience bringing the best out of point guards that can't shoot. I don't think I, I don't think he can play point guard anymore if he's not gonna shoot. Rayshon Rondo didn't that shoot that great for Boston either. That's what I'm but saying. he actually shot it every he now shoots, and again. He shoots it when he's <laughs> open. He's shooting it now more but, so now than probably ever. We'll have Jimmy. We'll have like Anthony Davis standing at the at the baseline, and Ben Simmons is like, "No, nah, let me go ahead and try to drive this thing." Or pass let me it. drive a duck. He's not even like at least Ray John. If he's open, he'll take it. Ben Simmons is like, "Nah, <laughs> let me let me at least try to dunk it, or or Joel come up here real quick and take this ball." Like it's not. It's he's not even a threat. So they've got to figure out that whole spacing thing with those two guys, um, and and beat needs to get in shape. He's got to get and not be lazy. Gosh, I hate watching them be play sometimes because I'm like, dude, there's so much potential in you, and you just you you just watch and you're like, he he's he goes down for post position, he gets pushed off just, and then he just kind of gives up. It's like, bro, doesn't go after rebounds often. I'm like, dude, you are just too big and too good for this. Yeah, but anyways, pause. Um, so. Thank you, Ian, for noticing. <laughs> yeah. Uh, all right, so that's NBA talk for now. Let's go to the NFL. Um, you guys, no one is talking. We, me and Keith have been watching a little sports Saturday. day. No one is talking about COVID in the NFL and what's going on right now. Like, this is kind of a big deal. With the Titans, their game was pushed back. 
Um, oh and my god! They still had two more additional tests, um, mm-hmm. and now this this video pictures are coming out of them working at a, at a high school after their facility was closed due to COVID. Um, Stefan Gilmore just came out as positive for COVID. I don't think the Patriots are the Patriots back at practice. Maybe they are practicing now, um, but I don't think they practiced so far this week. So, do we have a problem, guys? <laughs> I think it's clear we got a problem, but there's no way to solve it. You know, there you can't bubble up. You know, this isn't the NBA uh, where you got 12, 13, 14 people on a roster, you know, and, and a few coaches and stuff. This you're talking about 80 to 90 people on the sideline every week. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, and, and they're playing outdoors, you know, and and they're probably still going out and doing things that they probably shouldn't do, you know, going to strip clubs and getting wings and other things, you know, uh, Sweet Lou. Uh, who knows what they're doing? So it's just it's much more difficult to handle. Um, and let's be honest, they're going to try to downplay as much as possible so that they can keep games going and keep some type of revenue coming in. Um, but the NFL has a problem and there is no solution. Mm. There is no fix. Now, if you talk about a Super Bowl or something like that, maybe you can contain that and, you know, but you're talking week to week, all these games in so many different cities, even though there are, you know, maybe five, 10,000 fans or maybe zero fans, you still have the, you know, the truth or the fact that some of these players could be, you know, catching COVID any type of way. And it's a very, you know, contact-heavy sport. And, uh, you know, Stephon Gilmore is out there tackling people all day and patting, you know, hugging with Patrick Mahomes. Who knows if Patrick Mahomes has it now? So it's just there is a problem, but there is no solution. So then they've tried. They have some pretty cool technologies mm-hmm. that, they've, that they've put out there, but it's just not enough. Yeah. I, I, I don't know. I, I, don't, I don't know what we're doing here anymore. I... <laughs> I I love being able to listen. We probably who knows if we're here, you know, talking sports if, if NFL isn't back. Um, but like we said last week, this is not the bubble. Um, you know, things did not seem as contained, and they weren't as contained. So here we are, um, and Tennessee even now they're looking at some major punishment for all of that workout business. Mm. I I I don't. I, I definitely am hopeful that we will not see uh, this, you know, an uptick in this. But um, and even now, I mean, just the whole protocol is broken because mm-hmm. even though they had these positive tests, there's still hopes that Cam and Stephon Gilmore will play Sunday. Mm-hmm. And so if they if they have tests that uh, fantasy players are hoping. <laughs> oh my gosh! I haven't heard if they're uh, test. They were looking for a test today and tomorrow to see if they came back. Uh, positive, but if they come back negative, there's a test they can play. What happened in the whole two weeks? What happened to that? Like a 14 day quarantine? Oh, I guess that's just not. Well, I think it. I think um, we we saw earlier some positive tests, but then they when they tested them again, they were negative, so they had a false positive. So they don't need. I don't think they'd have to quarantine after that. Uh, but I think in Cam's situation, you know, he had multiple positive tests, and yep. they had to. He's got to be out for our quarantine for a couple weeks or whatever. Huh. And I get it, I really do. But if I go test. And I test positive. My dog stopped telling me like, ah, it may have been a false positive. <laughs> Why does it just keep coming, just in case? Just in it's case. just interesting. We we've been walking around with masks for the last 
six, seven months. Um, but here we are talking about, you know, oh, let's take multiple tests to verify whether or not we should take precaution. <laughs> These type of things will not end well. So that's, that's all I got for now. Capitalist society. That's what happens. Right. It's all about the money. All it's about it. Yeah, man. And if, if Tennessee has to cancel, has a can't play this week they're, they don't have a, another bye week they don't have anywhere to put this game they may have to forfeit so they, it because of their stupidity they may have to i mean th- and that's the other thing is the nfl going to come down that hard to say okay you're forfeiting you're not just not playing this game you're forfeiting it yeah. because of this um and i think i think the nfl has to come down hard on them they absolutely do yeah i agree it's yeah it, I'm, I'm a, we have some experience with this here in cleveland mike <laughs> clevenger i believe uh zach Plesak, um, went out, had a night on the town when they played the White Sox. Are you talking uh, about baseball right now? I am. And so, uh, <laughs> and what what happened? I'm sitting here wondering. Uh, I don't know any Browns players with those names. <laughs> but no, um, yeah, for the Cleveland Indians, and I mean, lo and behold, you see trades. Mm-hmm. Mike Clemens just gone. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, in a couple weeks, and so it's a uh, it's it's very very. You got to remember some of these guys. They have pre existing conditions themselves. Mm-hmm coaching staff, so on and so forth. So I don't need to stress the importance of being cautious during COVID, but clearly somebody in Tennessee does. Listen, if Romeo Cornell gets COVID, he may die. Like, I hate to say that, but, like, he's just so old. Like, I mean, goodness. Like, man. Bro, I saw Bobby Bowden had had it, and I was like, (laughs) I was like, we made it. That was so specific that it it caught me off guard. Uh, Sorry, Romeo's family. Gosh. The greatest of health, but, man. Seriously, like, I saw Bobby Bowden, and I was like, "We get that, get that obit ready, because I don't know. He's in his nineties. That ain't that ain't no joke. That ain't no joke. But I mean, it's it's real. Like what? Yes, it is. They have to yes, come, they is. have to come down hard on the Titans. They oh yeah. Can't, this can't be yeah. one of those Houston Astros situations. Like y'all need to really, really come down on them because this could affect the whole league. Yep. We've already seen Cam Newton, who to this point, him and Stephon Gilmore are the two highest profile players to get it yep. during the season. Yep. So heaven forbid, Patrick Mahomes now, or exactly. a Tom Brady, or a, somebody like that. Somebody like that gets it. Chiefs Nation would just be. They'd oh have God. Matt Moore as oh their. Oh my gosh. goodness! I would love to see Jameis Winston. <laughs> and that's a, that's a real thing because I mean, when, when Mahomes, you know, gave. Gilmore hug mm-hmm. or dap them up or yep. whatever. Like that's a very natural. This is a fraternity, quote unquote. Yeah, he's and got so, a pregnant like, wife you know, at home. Yeah, or pregnant. Excuse it, me, fiance. Fiance. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. It, it goes on and on and on. And so yeah, unless they tighten up, I, I, brothers, I'll say this: unless they find some reasonable means of quarantine to put the players in, I do not know if we make it to the end. Of the mm. Mm. I got to get a hot take sound effect. Yeah, yeah, that would be dope. That would be good, Malcolm. Um, So, other big news: Bill O'Brien finally fired from the Houston Texans. Oh my god! Um, I think we've all seen this coming basically (laughs) since the draft. Um, Before the draft, yeah. I mean, it's they're they're not only are they zero and four, they don't their first round pick this year goes to the Miami Dolphins. Um, I think it's their first and second round pick they don't have for this year. So it's yep. like there's no mechanism for them to get oh better. God. And it has, For Laramie Tunzel, right? Laramie Tunzel and didn't get anything in the future for for Duke Hopkins. Um, what do we take away from this? Now we, we see that J.J. Watt got into a heated altercation with Bill O'Brien um, <laughs> before he got fired. Um, 
I mean, what we we all expected this, right? Um, what do the Texans do from here? Romeo Cornell, the forever interim coach, is the interim coach of the Texans right now. Um, also trying to fight off COVID, apparently, and <laughs> easy, easy, <laughs> easy, fighting for his life every day. Oh gosh. <laughs> uh, I don't even know where to go with this because I think we all agree that this he needed to go. Let's talk about this. Can a coach be a GM and a and a coach at the same time? Is that even we've we've seen it in several sports? Is this something that any any power that anyone should have? It hasn't sh- sh- shown any fruit, really. Mm-hmm. So I'd probably say no. Um, I mean, it's being a GM is just so much work mm-hmm. already. And then you think about, you know, the day-to-day of a head coach and personnel and then add COVID-19 to that as well. Like, no, I just don't think it should be that at all. And now, if you're talking about, like, I don't know, maybe soccer or something, you know, <laughs> kickball, volleyball, you know, those type of things, maybe, you know, but Man, my talking, fantasy kickball league is going crazy right now. But I mean, you're talking about a NFL roster, 53 men, you know, uh, cuts and, and preseason and uh, scouting players and all these type of things. And you have to manage that and, and the G. No, no, I'm just no. Just imagine if. You know, we watched the Michael Jordan Last Dance documentary. Imagine if Jerry Reinsdorf, or not Jerry Reinsdorf, um, Jerry Krause was the coach and the GM of that team. Yeah. Or Michael, or Phil Michael Jackson was the GM jail. too. Uh, but he, not when he was coaching, though. No, that's, well, that's what I'm saying. If he was, yeah, yeah. 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 But I'm thinking about specifically in that for that, like mm. Jerry Krause and Michael Jordan did not get along at not all. At all. Nope. So you nope. can't. It, you have to be able to have a GM that says, "Hey, look." Duke Hopkins is our best player. Seriously. Whatever is going on with you two, you need to figure it out or you'll be gone. Exactly. Because I'm not getting rid of Duke Hopkins. <laughs> but when you're the coach of the GM, I don't really like this guy. Let's just get somebody else in here. And you can just make that decision. I mean, the ownership has to sign off on it, but if you sell it. And not get a first-round pick. And it just, you know what, I'm done. I don't have nothing else to say. Now, I, now I won't, I'm not going to um, knock the coaches for trying to get that power. It never works, yeah. but. But at, at this point, the data supports it across sports. But <laughs> it, it doesn't work. Stan, Van, no. Stan Van Gundy, another one. Great coach, oh, yeah. terrible GM. Yeah. Well, yeah, no, that's true. Yes, yeah, there's nothing. We don't need to. Detroit was a complete disaster. <laughs> it was a complete disaster. But I, I think he had wounds because of his last coach he did. He got, it would probably he got be. Outed. Got ousted by Pat Riley. That's true. It would probably be easier to do it with basketball than football. But even then, it doesn't. Doc was GM and coach for the Clippers, and that they and was bad at it. They changed that too. Well, yeah, I'm just saying, like out of any sport, it would be easiest in a game where you have to only manage like you know 12, 13 players Mm -hmm. versus a 53 man roster in football. Like that's just that's crazy. I don't know because I mean the the yeah. Yeah, yeah, because you as coach, you got to be in there. You got to be build the camaraderie. With yes, the guys. absolutely. As GM, you you have to be able to see them and look at the spreadsheet and mm-hmm. make very emotionless moves. Yeah. And yeah, it, it just doesn't work in sports. Period. To me, let's just stop doing it. I'm over it. The next time I see an announcement that a guy got both positions, my hot take is that they're going to be sub five hundred. 
I'll, I'll determine how little wins they'll have, you know, when we get to it. Right. We're going to have to take an over-under on how long they're going to last, yeah, you know. Watch. <laughs> watch. It's gonna, it's gonna be a, and watch. They're going to they're gonna test the theory and go give it to a black coach. Eric enemy is going to be coaching GM of Houston Texans. going to be like, well, I think we got to give him a chance. You know, you never know. <laughs> Gosh, I want to Eric enemy so left? bad. Who's left that's, that's available that would even have the clout to demand that? That's a great – I mean, it, it, it might be a college guy maybe. Like a, I mean, it's not gonna be just a random college guy, but like an elite. Like a, if a Nick Saban wanted to come to college, I bet you he, I mean, come to the pros, he would probably okay. want okay. some personnel decisions. Yeah, I can't imagine true. he's gonna come in true. and sit under a GM and be like, "All right, you make all that decisions, and I'll just let you know kind of what I've no. Nick Saban's gonna want more control. Yeah, or a guy, or a guy like Cal or something like that. Yeah, Coach Cal would probably be another one that he would want. I think those guys, if they're gonna come and leave where they are and all the money they're making on and off the court. Um, <laughs> they're they're gonna want some major player control so they don't get stuck with some roster. Yeah, I get it. And I mean, coming from college, they should know players, mm-hmm. you know, better than anyone else. So they should. It doesn't. It never works. But, but. another thing that never works. <laughs> yeah. Um, Marvin Lewis, he should have just been our GM. You know, forget him being our head coach. You know. <laughs> Anyways, I I was still bitter about that, but it's over now. So. Thank heavens. Oh, Marvin Lewis. All right, real quick. The news coming out today, Dwayne Haskins benched for the Washington football team. Didn't call them the Redskins. Go me. Um, <laughs> does he start again this year? He's he's not nope. even the backup this week. He's the third string quarterback. Yep. It's over. He showed nothing promising that it would secure him a backup job somewhere. So I, I hate to say it. Ohio State does have a horrid record. Of producing quarterbacks that play in the NFL, and uh, I hate to see it because I really want the brother to rebound, but I think I think it's a wrap. Let me let me just say that I didn't say that, you guys. It was another Ohio State fan who says that. I have said that to Keith before. We have had that discussion, and I don't even think he really disagrees. Yeah, no, I don't disagree. They've had a really bad track record with quarterbacks coming yeah. into that. It just doesn't. I don't know what it is. Well, some of it is Terrell Pryor just wasn't good. Um, Braxton Braxton Miller broke his shoulder and never was the same after yeah. that so yeah. but but they, i don't I don't know if it's something about that system i don't know what it is but for specifically for Dwayne haskins it seems like there's some other stuff yeah because i mean I, you guys look at like what he did with ohio state playing against some of the best mm-hmm. talent like you think about what he did to alabama he was running some of them guys over finding guys open mm-hmm. making good throws uh, I mean, against Oregon, like this dude was playing well. So I don't know what it is. I don't know if it's system. I don't know if it's off the field. Something is going on with Dwayne Haskins. Mm-hmm. Um, and I can't necessarily blame them for for benching the guy, you know. Um, and I'm, I was all for Dwayne Haskins, honestly. Um, I thought he was better than Daniel Jones. I thought he should have went higher than Daniel Jones. Mm-hmm. His upside, like he has a slinger of an arm, but he just, he's not accurate. He's missing reads. He's underthrowing, overthrowing. It's just not pretty. Um, and I hate that, you know, because I root for everyone black, especially black quarterbacks. <laughs> so it's uh, yeah, it's tough. Yeah. It's really tough. And it, now here's the thing. He could... Here's going to be my hot take. Something's going to happen with Kyle Allen, like an injury or something. Mm. I don't wish anything on him. Here's my hot take. Something's going to happen with him. Dwayne Haskins is going to come back and have a fire game and start the rest of the like few games left. Mm. Mark my words. Well, don't mark them. Wait, who, who's, the, who's, the, who's the backup now? Alex Smith. Alex Smith. Right, the corpse right, right, uh, right. in, Malcolm's, in Malcolm's words. We don't know. He hasn't played in a few years. Um, I will say I was very high on Dwayne Haskins as well. I thought yeah. – from everything I saw at Ohio State, he was the best. 
guy that had come out of there, just what he could do with with the arm talent. But I think I think there's something either between the ears or something in his preparation that is it's just not that they don't like. Um, and it started last year when Ron Rivera um, started working with that team. You saw. Uh, I can't remember what, maybe it was his first start. He's out taking a selfie with a fan yep. and they're supposed to be in the victory formation. He can't even get on the field. Yep. Like, I think there's mm-hmm. stuff like that that's happening because you don't go from the starter to the third string yeah. behind a guy yeah. who has a leg yeah. that we don't know can hold up through the whole season. Yep. Who hasn't played? A, now it's Alex Smith. He's a veteran. He'll figure it out. But, I mean, to go from this is our guy to now you're the third string quarterback behind Kyle Allen, the undrafted quarterback, and Alex Smith, who hasn't played in two years. I mean, there's there's something there that we don't that we're not privy to, um, and I think that yeah. has, might have to do with some of those maturity issues. Yeah, and I mean, if you I look mean, at his stats, like I mean, he had 223 yards passing week two, uh, 224 week three, 314 week four. Like it, it's not, the, I don't know, guys. Like now, I mean. As we saw, his QBR is like his one total point QBR five. Is terrible, um, but I don't know. His uh, his yeah. his uh, yards per drop back is in the negative. Like it's, oh no, yeah. <laughs> it's, it's. I mean, it, it and you got to ask yourself if it's organizational as well. I mean, Riverboat mm-hmm. Ron is there, but you know, as we've seen that the organization yeah. seems to have a a high degree of, you know, you look at um, who was it? Uh, okay. I'm not going to go through players, but uh, a high degree of guys that come there with promise that mm-hmm. seems to fizzle out. Uh, I got to say, I do remember Pierre Garçon. I do remember, uh, um, yeah, okay. They had a lot of guys that, that <laughs> we know are talented, but when you get to the wasteland, you kind mm-hmm. of adopt wasteland tendencies. And um, Lord, I know from being a Brown Spare him, Lord. Yeah, yeah. But I, I know being a Browns fan, uh, some of these quarterbacks that, you know, you guys have seen the graphic with the T-shirt with all the quarterback names since the Browns came back in 99. Some of those guys were not bad. Some of those guys were just some solid development, you know, um, the solid developmental pieces away from from being really solid. Even if it's backup, they could have been functional NFL quarterbacks. But we just had a toxic environment. Hopefully we don't anymore. But, uh, yeah. Yeah, it's, it's, it's a It's rough. It definitely is rough, but we'll see. I mean, I would have loved to see if what, you know, a Bill Belichick or what other coaches may have been able to do with Dwayne Haskins. But, you know, maybe we will later on in life. Maybe. I mean, yeah, hey, the the big elephant in the room, Trevor Lawrence. Yeah, man. It's going to be one of the most the highest Trevor. rated quarterback prospects coming out of college in quite some time. Could this be, hey, this is cool. This Dwayne Haskins experience is cool and all, but let's get let's get Trevor or even Trey Lance from North North Dakota State who just declared for the draft. Let's get one of these guys in here who we feel a little bit better about because this isn't you Dwayne Haskins. About Justin Fields, huh? Okay. You see what he did, Darian? You see what he did there? Ohio State quarterbacks. I don't know. <laughs> all right, is, he's been there he, one year. Is he? Wait, Joe Burrow's Ohio State. Oh, is he? Trevor Lawrence. Is Trevor Lawrence more highly touted than Joe Burrow? Yes. Wow. I don't know. I think so. I th- they've been trying to get it. they if they could have if he could have come out after his, after his freshman year he would have been out. I think hmm. I think Trevor Lawrence would. Hmm, the jury's. I'm going. I'm just going to say the jury's wow. out. I, if, I think if you ask draft experts, t- Trevor Lawrence has been the number one quarterback prospect regardless of year for the last. 
two or three years. For sure. No, I mean, there's no question. But I'm saying, like, looking at what Joe Burrow's doing right now, without an offensive line. Like, <laughs> let's let's just say that. They won one game. But, they, but they, they, all the games were winnable. Like, even Cleveland got out on to a pretty decent-sized lead. We still had a chance to win that game. Should have beaten Philly. Like, we could literally be 3-1 and one right now. So the fact that Joe Burrow has given us a fighting chance in every single one of these games without an offensive line and without a running game. Let's, for, let's not forget Joe Mixon. This was his first good game all year. The fact that that's happening is, is you know, it speaks a lot to what Joe Burrow brings. But anyways, I'm, I'm very interested to see Trevor Lawrence, and I hope he doesn't land in a team that just destroys him. All right. Thank you. We are the three and one right now. Okay. Oh wow. Oh, here we go. Here we go. Thank you. All right. Thank you. There needs to be a pivot. You know. (laughs) You know. Sound. (laughs) I had I had some more um some more NFL topics, but I'm I want to watch our time right now. So real quick, NFL games to watch this week. What games are you guys looking at? Oh man. Uh. Well, definitely not the Bengals and Ravens. I think that can get ugly. Um. Let's see. What What's our lineups looking like here? Um. I can start off Go if ahead. Uh, I am interested in watching this. I'm, this is this is going to seem really weird, guys, but stick with me. Uh, Colts Browns. Um, sorry, Ian. Uh, Browns <laughs> are building up some momentum <laughs> offensively. You saw the trick plays. You saw Odell getting involved in the offense more. They've really committed to running the ball. They lose Nick Chubb, but Kareem Hunt is no slouch. And then, I mean, I was on Twitter during the the Browns Cowboys game, and they were like. We got third string guys we never even heard of gashing the Cowboys. The um, <laughs> youngest. So I think they've I think they found what the formula is going to be for this team. It's not Baker Mayfield dropping back 40, 30, 40 times a game. Um, it's playing off the play action. It's the running game. Miles Garrett is starting to look scary again in this league. Um, I think we forgot that after the the Mason Rudolph situation last oh, year. Oh God. Um, he's he's really becoming that dominant force that you need on the defense. So I want to see how they against this three and one Colts team who's kind of quietly three with three and one right defensively now. though. Yeah. Oh defensively they've been there. They're yeah. top, they're top three defense right now. Yep. Um, if not the top defense in the NFL right now. And so can they get enough offensively? Jonathan Taylor getting some more carries now um, in the backfield. Phillip Rivers experience is an up and down experience. So we'll see how that holds up, but I want to see, um, in this battle, three and one teams, do the Browns put themselves in a position to really compete for this division and compete in the AFC, or do we see them kind of fall back into some old bad habits? Yeah, I um, you know, I'm really thinking Thursday night is going to be one of the best games mm, of the week. Yeah, uh, Tampa Bay and Chicago is going to be very interesting. Nick Foles being named the starter. Say who was the starter? Yeah, Nick Foles. So I'm curious to see how that Chicago offense. I mean, the offense before him, they were they were averaging like 350 something yards, you know, uh, each game with Mitchell Trubisky mm-hmm. as their quarterback. So. I'm curious to see how Nick Foles is going to play. Uh, you know, the Buccaneers can't stay healthy. They've got, you know, two or three of their main receivers are questionable or out. Godwin's out. Um, Evans is questionable. Scotty Miller's at questionable. So I'll be curious to see how Brady's going to be able to, you know, play against a Chicago defense that's known to be pretty solid and uh, see how Nick Foles is going to do against Tampa Bay. That'll be one of the better games of the week because the rest of these games – for the most part, are stinkers. Just throwing it out there. <laughs> well, I, I do think there's some intrigue. A couple teams that I'm wanting, I'm wanting to see if their quarterbacks can pass the am I for real or not test. And uh, one of them being uh, Eagle Steelers. Mm. I have a uh, a vested interest in watching the Steelers. You know, because 
they're in the division and them sitting at three and zero is no mistake. Um, and if they make that jump to four and zero, I think things could really get rolling and we got them up soon. And so, uh, but Carson Wentz, we just need to see something. Mm-hmm. We need to see a, we need to see a spark of something special. Um, they're not, you know, down and out by any means, but them sitting at one, two, and one, they definitely need a win if they're going to have hopes of uh, seeing any type of playoff contention whatsoever. And if they don't, well, we've been talking about the Jalen show, and I think we might start hearing that. Ah, boomer. Um, now, I know this quarterback is legit. We don't have questions about whether he is uh, he can get it done. Uh, we just yeah, we have questions about whether he can get it done still. Uh, mm-hmm. So I will be watching Saints Chargers. Uh, Drew Brees, you know, I, I believe he, he looked pretty decent, you know, in that last game. Uh, I don't think Michael Thomas will be back for this one, but uh, got to see something from a uh, got to see something from Drew Brees that puts the mind at ease because I think New Orleans fans are kind of on the edge of their seat not knowing which quarterback they're going to get from week to week. And this Chargers squad is looking pretty um, pretty interesting when not many thought that they would. Even if they don't beat you, you're not going to beat them easily. And so I'm curious to see how, the, how this game plays out next week. Yeah, Chargers losing Derwin James was just – And then Austin Eckler this week. Detrimental. So, yeah, yeah. That, that, Saints, that Saints game will be interesting on Monday night for sure. So the guys, close one with the book. Yeah. So guys, uh, we're running out of time, so I'm gonna try to get through this quickly. We have an announcement that we want to make for you guys. For the first time, we will be doing a three and one post game NFL live. Yes. Bye. Yes. Bye yes. Bye. yes. 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 We're still working out the details, but it will be probably live on Facebook Live on Sunday nights. Probably shooting around seven seven thirty. Uh, we're going to talk about the games that happened that day. Um, our reactions, some quick reactions, more content for you guys, and more opportunity for us to talk more about the NFL. Um, we're still hammer are putting the details together for when that will be. But three and one NFL post game live coming to you Sundays on Facebook Live at seven thirty. Uh, be following us on social media at three and one podcast on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter to see the announcement for when that starts. Uh, yeah. And this was also the first week of our fantasy league. Oh yes. Keith, give us the final tally for our first week. All right. Uh, in third place with 123 points, 123.72. That is the Columbus caps. That is Malcolm Morgan in second place with 125.4 points. International, Ian Lamont Morgan, George Kittle, high man, 40 points. Unbelievable. Anyways, and in the top spot right now, the one and only, yours truly, 149.22 points. Lamar Jackson and Dalvin Cook balled for me this week. So I am looking forward to defending my title this week again. I'm expecting another victory. I am expecting a victory this week. I pretty much gave up on this week after Dante or Devontae Adams didn't play, didn't replace him. And I almost came in second, which I was kind of impressed with because I saw Calvin Ridley gave a dud to Ian. Zero. Absolutely zero. (laughs) I texted these guys the first, within the first hour of the game starting. I hate fantasy football because two of my guys get hurt. (laughs) Austin Eckler carted off the field. Mike Evans helped off. I was like, Jesus, God. Uh, fantasy, all your fantasy, you know, lovers out there, it's a, it's gonna be a rough year, but Man. Well, it'll yeah. be fun. It'll be fun. So keep 
watching and listening for our fantasy updates. We'll talk about it on our post game live NFL show, and you'll see our scores throughout um, the season. Um, so, real quick before we end to get to our parting words, college football games to watch this weekend. What games are you guys looking at? Miami Clemson. I think that's the main one that. Oh yeah, you know, many of us are. You know, is D. Eric King really back? Uh, because you know the Canes are back, baby. We'll see. And then also for me, Texas Oklahoma. You know, both coming off a loss. That's going to be a big game for both of those teams to try to rebound. I'm gonna go. What? That's one. Go ahead, go ahead, Ian. I was gonna say that's funny because that was gonna be my game to watch. Texas, Texas Oklahoma. Only because I gave both of them the game to watch last week, and they lost both of their games. <laughs> Tell me, Kansas State has got – You said what? Kansas State, Oklahoma's kryptonite. Yeah, but I, I'll be watching that game. I do want to see if either, either one of these programs can just look. I, I'm more excited when either one of those teams are good, so I'll be watching. Um, I will, of course, be watching the uh, the Sooners – Take on the Longhorns. I'm a little sad about my Sooners right now, but we've got a young quarterback, young team. We'll be fine for the future. Um, but the game I am interested in seeing is another team. Are they back? And University of North Carolina versus Virginia mm. Tech, both two top 25 rated teams. Virginia Tech played last year, last week without 21 of their guys, and their entire two deep cornerback group was completely out due to coronavirus. Um, the the Tar Heels have looked, when I've watched them, have looked really good. I love their quarterback, Sam Howell, and their running game has really been good. They've got a physical running back in Carter. Um, is Matt Brown turning this program around? This could be a key game to show us whether or not they're really ready to compete against the Clemsons and the Miamis um, in this conference. So I'll be watching that to see how they kind of uh, play in that. And then Justin Fuente has really been up and down with this Virginia Tech team. They've had years when they've been good and they look like a team that could win the ACC in the last couple of years, they've had a lot of transfers and other things, but he seems to be getting that momentum back going with this team. Um, are they for real? Are they going to be a real uh, threat in that mm. division? Mm. We'll see. I think this game will go a long way to, to telling them. Um, so you guys know how we like to end our shows with our parting words. Keith, why don't you start, start us off today with your parting words for the people? Well, people, um, Today we are actually recording on a uh, on a Wednesday, and it is the vice presidential debate today. Let's just pray that we have, and you're listening to this after the debate. Hopefully, it was not terrible and a complete you know what show. Um, you know, gosh, it it was literally embarrassing. But again, make sure every single one of you takes the time to vote. Uh, we cannot say how critical it is this year, and that is it for me. International Ian, your parting words. Shout out to the o- Oakland Athletics taking down the Astros today. The whole world is cheering, <laughs> I'm sure. <laughs> also, Giancarlo Stanton is going nuts right now for the Yanks. Interested to see how that wraps up. I echo Keith. Let's go vote if you can vote early. Yes, everyone vote unless you're going to vote for the wrong person then don't vote. Um, kidding, please vote. Maybe uh, my parting words. I'm gonna go gonna go to the ladies of the Seattle Storm, hey. winning their fourth Woo! franchise's WNBA title in the Wubble of the as they have been calling it. The Wubble. Um, Sue Bird, one of my favorite players to watch. 
um, throughout college and in the pros, wins her fourth ring. Brianna Stewart winning, um, I believe this is her second, and um, finals MVP. Uh, the ladies in the WNBA were also in a bubble this time, um, really have been really forward with the social justice messages um, and really playing basketball at a high level. I, I like the format they did for the playoffs this year. Um, so I'm really happy um, to see that. Asia Wilson in the Las Vegas um, Aces, I believe, um, uh, Wilson was the MVP of the WNBA. So shout out to that team for coming close. Um, but it was really a blowout. I turned on the game uh, to get ready for the Laker game. And going into the fourth quarter, I think they were up by over 30 points. And Sue Bird and Brianna Stewart didn't even play in the second half. So shout out to those ladies for not only winning, but dominating um, that game. And uh, ladies basketball, check it out. Sad my girl Candace Parker didn't make it to the finals. My favorite player to watch. Mm. Uh, But she was Defensive Player of the Year. Shout out to Candace Parker. Um, Well, guys, if there's nothing else, that is it for this episode. Of the three and one podcast, joining us from Cleveland, Ohio, Mister Pivot himself, international Ian Lamont Morgan. Three and one, Cleveland. Three and one, and in Columbus, Ohio, by way of Cincinnati, he still roots for the home team. It's Keith Turner Jr. There's still something to look forward to, Bengals fans. We'll be all right. <laughs> and here in the capital city, by way of several other places. It's your boy, Mr. Boomer Sooner himself, Malcolm Morgan. Thank you for joining us for the 3-in-1 Podcast. We'll see you all next time.